So, without any further ado, I would like you to welcome up onto the stage the amazing, wonderful John Jolly and also the incredible, illustrious Luke Knight. Where is he? There he is. Let's welcome them up onto the stage. Thanks, Joe. He's got a mic. Okay, good morning, everybody. Um, sorry, two weeks in a row for me up on the stage. I do apologise for that. Um, as you may be aware, this year our theme is God's Big Story. And on the fourth Sunday of every month, we've been doing interviews. Uh, this being March, it's our third interview. You can't keep a count of that. Number three. Today, we are interviewing Luke Knight. A round of applause for Luke, please. Thanks very much. Okay, good. So, um, Luke, thanks for being on the stage today. We've dragged you off the sound desk and the techie stuff at the back to be up here. Yes. Uh, so, a busy morning for you. Tell us who you are. I am Luke. Uh, I'm married to Nell, who's at the back with my five-month-old, almost six-month-old son, Arlie. And we've lived in Littlehampton for about two years now. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, um, tell us a little bit about yourself. I, I actually... We call you Luke, but I know your name is Lucas. Um, tell us, tell us what, what do you prefer, Luke or Lucas, and is there something behind that? So, it's the other way around, but, um, yeah, so when, my, when I was born, there was just a discussion over my name about whether it should be Lucas or Luke. My dad was really into Star Wars. There we go, thank you. Um, and my mum wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> And so um, it got to a point where we had to put the names down. We, I didn't. Um, they had to put the names down. And I don't think my mum was very well, so she couldn't go and sign the register. And it was all agreed I'd be called Lucas. And for the first whole bunch of years, that's what I was called. My family called me that. So Lucas. Lucas. Um, it was only my mum and dad got divorced, separated, and um, we moved up to Cambridge. And on the way, we were kind of like planning new schools and things like that. And when we got there, they said, oh, can we have some of your details? Um, and my mum never, didn't have my birth certificate. It was at a hospital which had kind of burnt down, where well, it had burnt down, ah, is the point. Okay, this um, is a bit complicated, so, right? And it was kind of, bef you know, before the era of emails and all that stuff and digital stuff. So she had to reapply for it. Um, but they couldn't find my name. I couldn't find my birth certificate. So you don't exist. So I don't exist. Yeah. Um, but what happened was, so um, awkwardly, after my mum and dad had separated, um, my mum had to get in contact with my dad and was like, what did you call him? <laughs> and my dad was like, well, Lucas, because that's what I'd been called by my whole family for years and years, um, to then find out that he was like, oh, no. No, I did put Luke. Luke's on the birth certificate. It's Luke Knight. So my dad got his way, basically. So for all those years, everybody thought your name was Lucas, yeah, but actually, was, legally, your name is Luke. Yeah, there's no reason, because there wasn't any reason for me to have had my, like, for them to have presented my legal name at any point, other than when we moved to a new area and they needed to, like, properly put me in. Oh, wow. Yeah. So uh, which do you prefer, Luke or Lucas? Um, I think Luke. It's a bit more long-term, but Lucas works as well. It's fine either okay. way. Okay. <laughs> Wow, that's, so that's, that's a fascinating start to life. Yeah. Uh, a little yeah. bit of an identity crisis when you started school. Yeah. <laughs> wow, so um, your, your parents uh, separated. When yep. you were how old? Uh, I was what, probably about seven, six or seven was when Dad left. Yeah. Okay, so um, how do you think... You, and I, I know because we've talked that your dad wasn't really around after that so you've not really seen him no so I haven't seen him for 24 years 
Okay, so how did, how did that affect you growing up, not having dad at home? Um, this will go one of two ways, people. Um, it was... It was always difficult. I think, to put a bit of extra context in it, my mum's profoundly deaf, so hasn't worked, wasn't able to work, because she was a full-time mum to two young children, seven and five. And um, so dad literally one night just got in a car and drove away. Uh, the next morning, there, were, there had been a conversation, but he had just got in a car and driven away. The next morning, my mum went to go do shopping, and this sort of £10,000 lump sum that she had from her grandma giving it to her had been taken away 24 years ago. £10,000 is a lot of money now, but 24 years ago, £10,000 was a lot more money. Um, and that had all just gone. Um, so my mum from the first day my dad left, was struggling financially. He'd taken the car. It, he'd kind of he'd taken everything. And so we were instantly in a lot of trouble. Um, so I grew up with my dad kind of being like the, sort of like the bad guy in the movie. If that was. He was never really around anyway, but he was always... Oh, you know, this would be better if, you know, your dad hadn't done this and stuff like that. So um, it was always difficult. Um, and also just being a young guy and not having a dad made things a bit weirder. Just, you only have, I grew up with three women in my house, my two sisters, my mum, and then we moved to Worthing and then I was living with my mum, my grandma and my sister. So, yeah. So... Um you're obviously a Christian now, mm -hmm. so at what point did you come to any kind of faith, and how did you come to understand God as your heavenly father when you didn't have a role model for that here? Um, so, in two, so my mum has always been a Christian and diligently took us to Downs Bible Week. If anyone remembers that? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Solid. So I was at that from, I think... Three months old was my first one, and then we went to Stonely Bible Week. Anyone else remembers that one? There's, there's a few nods there's out a there. Few. Yeah, okay. um, and then moving on to sort of things like New Day and then Soul Survivor. So every single year, we'd been going to these things. Um, and I remember there being a, a speak in 2002, I think was the last Stonely. And I remember, um, I remember there being a guy called Nick who spoke about being commissioned to, if you loved God, if you knew God, if you loved him, being commissioned to go out and tell people about that and to, to draw people to know God. And I just, I knew that. I was like, well, I do believe in God. I do love him. I don't really tell people about him. And so I just had this real sense of, okay, well, I want to do this. So we came back from Stoneley, and I got baptised, which weirdly, Nell's mum was at, but I didn't know them at all at that point. But it's just like a weird <laughs> picture of Nell's mum in the background. Just, oh, you know, wow. So you, yeah. you only realised that recently? Yeah. She, I was only about a couple of years ago, and Nell's mum was like, oh, I was actually at your baptism. And some of our friends have got pictures. And I was like, yep, there you are. Wow, and she's been orchestrating it ever I since. I know. <laughs> Sneaky. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. So, so there was a significant moment where you kind of, uh, because of your mum's faithfulness and bringing you along to church, you kind of had a sense of God. Yeah. Um, but there was a moment where you just went, yes, I get this now. 
Yeah. I think that's probably true for most of us, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, so, uh, so, so you grew up. Um, you got a sense of who God is and, and you felt a commission. So how did you end up in Littlehampton? What, what are you doing here? Um, we were part of, an, Nell and I were part of another church called Jubilee, which meets in Worthing. And um, they had bought a venue in East Worthing. And both of us felt we really wanted to be part of the community. So even at that point, we were only living about, I don't know, like, tip five, ten minutes away, like it was really close, but we just felt like actually we wanted to be really in the community, East Worthing is a bit, I think has the similar demographics to Wick, and we just were like, we, want to, we don't want to be ten minutes away, we want to be able to be in that community, we want to be able to get to know people that live there, we want to bring them back to our house, we want to hang out with those people, so we moved from where we were living only like 10 minutes down the road. Uh, finally, when we... And then, you know, times went by and we... Nell got a job in Chichester. Um, and we were just sort of looking for somewhere to live. And we looked everywhere between Chichester and Worthing. Um, we knew Chris and Anna, Neil. And they were really pro-Aaron Church and had been kind of like... Thanks, guys. Yeah, bigging yeah. it up for such a long time. And um, we, we then found a, a house here on East Ham Road. And in the same way that we wanted to be part of the community, we wanted to be around the church, we wanted to be part of that community so we could be involved, we felt the same thing. So even though we're only a 12, 15-minute drive away from Jubilee, we're just like, no, we want to be next door. We want to be able to invite people back. We want to be involved in that community. So we made the decision to move churches as well. So it sounds like the two of you as, as a couple have made a few decisions in terms of um, a sense of calling from God and moving, physically moving to get involved in something yeah. and, and being really hyper-local. Um, since you moved here, mm-hmm. um, you, you've been, got involved in various things in the church. Um, and then um, two years ago, um, 18 months, two years ago, um, you got a job with us. Yes. What do you do for the church? Um, so communications and marketing, um, which simply means designing things to attract people to come to events or help plan things so that we can attract people to come to church. Uh, you, you mentioned the word marketing. Yeah. We're a church. Okay. Do we really need to do marketing? Yeah. We didn't practice this question. No. I've just chucked yeah. this one in. I think it's one of those things like we live in a world now where everything is marketed everything you know really really heavily and I think as Christians we can kind of I'm not saying everyone but I think it's an observation sometimes we can be quite inward looking sure and I I think Aaron's Aaron is an exception it is quite an outward looking church there's lots of things going on in the community and we're really excited about finding new ways to to get to meet those people but in the same way that the world is marketing everything, it's, I think the church sometimes can do, needs a place for that as well. We need to find a way to communicate the gospel. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so you do quite a wide variety of stuff. You do design work um, and leaflets and flyers and, and graphics that go on the screen and all the social media stuff. Um, what about your job really excites you? What are you passionate about? Where do you think there's opportunity? 
Um, I think in the same way, I think we live in a world where, okay, let's go back a little bit. So I haven't seen my dad in 24 years and um, for a really, really long time, I have spent lots and lots and lots and lots of time <laughs> building him up in my head. I've not seen him. I have not seen pictures of him. The only pictures I've got are pictures of me being about four or five on, you know, in our garden and he's there and I've got a really clear picture of him in my mind. I've got a voice in my head for him and it's, and it's been the thing I've spent a lot of time investing in is thinking about him, like when I would meet him, what would I say? When I met him, how would I dress? Um, where would we go? I've spent too much time thinking about that because I wanted to feel a sense of like, oh, he's, he knows me. He's, uh, he's my dad. I still call him dad, which is super weird. He's not been around for a really long time. Uh, last Thursday, well, no, two weeks ago, my granddad died and it suddenly dawned on me when talking to my family. It was, it's my dad's dad, so I'm going to see my dad. Last Thursday... I did, and it was super weird, <laughs> which doesn't really cover it, but I know my dad's got three brothers, and as they walked in after the coffin, saw John walk past, recognise him, I saw Chris walk past, I recognise him, I saw Pete walk past, I recognise him. And then this guy walked past who I just didn't know him at all. Just nothing. It wasn't a recognition of I couldn't place him at all. And I turned to my sister and I said, is that dad? She just looked at me and went, well, it's got to be. And it was a really weird thing where this person I'd spent a lot of time investing in I didn't recognise him at all and it was really peculiar and I think coming back to what excites me about my job to answer the question is that I think we live in a culture where lots of people don't recognise the church they don't recognise God and they spend far too long trying to find what we have found only to not recognise to not recognise Jesus, to not recognise God and I, what I find exciting about my job is that I have the opportunity of sharing really great bits of information, really great news with people on the off chance that they see something in that and go oh, okay, I, okay cool, okay I hear that so at some point, when they do see Jesus, they recognise him instantly and go, that's the church I know, that's Jesus I know. And I think going back to not recognising my dad is that, annoyingly, I've recognised God for such a long time and I know he's my father. And it's so frustrating that week after week I've sung songs about him being my father there's a line in Reckless Love where it talks about, you know, even when we're your foes, you fight for us. 
And I spent far too long investing time in my, in my earthly father to not recognize him, to not know him at all. And I just want to make sure that in any given opportunity, we are putting out stuff so that people have the chance to recognize Jesus. Yeah. Wow, okay. Thanks for sharing that, Luke, because obviously that's a, a very personal and um, very recent journey for, me, for you. It's something you're, you're still, I guess, processing yeah. um, with the loss of your granddad and, and seeing your father. Um, but I love the fact that you, you recognise God as being that, in that role all along. Um, now, with regard, with regard to your role and the excitement of, of sharing stuff and putting stuff out there, um, I know a lot of what you do on a day-to-day basis is putting things on Facebook and putting things on Instagram and putting things on Twitter um, and creating things that people can share. Um, for us as a church, and um, a lot of us are on social media and a lot of us aren't, um, what, what, is, what is important about social media? How is that a useful tool for Christians, for us as individuals, for us as a church? Why, why do we bother with this stuff? Um... I think ooh, that was louder than I anticipated. Um, I think we. So, how many people here talk about God to their friends, like on a regular basis? A few uh, hands have gone up. Slowly, a few hands have gone. That's fine. I we don't live in a culture where it's like okay to do that I don't think I think we're in a very much like we live in a culture where we don't really say things because we don't really want to offend anyone Um, and I think something like social media allows people to just share a thing whether it's I don't know like an Easter video or whether it's a bible verse but really to not have a huge amount of commitment to that cause it's you can kind of put that up and it not be particularly, you're not going to be persecuted for that. <laughs> and I think, but, you know, if you were to suddenly, you know, I don't know, go into a cafe and stand there and shout a Bible verse, you'd get a very different response. Right. And I think it's, we, you know, 500 years ago, the printing press kind of came into action. It was the first time that you could share knowledge really relatively quickly and you could get it out to lots of people yeah and I think this is the first time in 500 years that everyone for positive and negative is able to put out their own printing press they're able to put what they think out there and share it it's a it's a broadcasting platform that yeah. can, that can potentially reach millions well the thing is yeah I mean you know if you're on social media you might have 50 friends you might have 100 friends you might have 200 friends and just sharing something, you know, whether it's, I don't know, I mean, we had, um, uh, the Frasers got married yesterday, which is great. We yep. put a little picture up and, you know, yeah, it was great. And So who, who saw that picture on Facebook or Instagram of Josh and um, Vanessa getting married yesterday? Yeah, yeah lots of people. Who, who liked that picture? Yeah, yeah I think we, we love sharing good news. We love sharing good news and... That was a lovely picture, and loads of people liked it, and it's fantastic. It's actually, this week, it's one of our best-performing things on social media. It only yeah. went up yesterday, and everybody's liked it. Yeah. And it's shared, and we get these little notifications from Facebook saying, that picture is one of your best-performing posts. Loads of people have seen it, which is, which is great. Imagine, imagine if that was the Easter story. 
Or imagine if that was the walk of witness. Or imagine if that was a Bible verse proclaiming who Jesus is and the same amount of people liked and shared that. Yeah. What kind of impact, what kind of reach could we have? Yeah, I think that's the thing is that, you know, in our community, you know, there's hundreds of people here and we all know Jesus and we love him. And some of us know him in different ways and some of us have come to know him in different ways. And so no one person's story of coming to know Jesus is exactly the same as the other person's story. Yeah, that's right. And so being able to share little things like that, little stories, little pictures from Aaron Church is putting out two people saying, this is who we are. We celebrate people being married. We celebrate, you know, Jesus being raised from the dead. We celebrate Jesus' birth. We celebrate meeting together on a Sunday and being able to put that out and say this is who we are as a church is helping identify who we are as a church and who we think Jesus is who we think God is and how he makes us respond to that so because it's social the whole point of social media is social Mm -hmm. uh, what one thing can people do to help you in your role and help us get the message of Jesus out I think if you if you see something from Aaron Church on Facebook or on Instagram or, or, or Twitter, other churches, yeah, or other churches, that's true. I mean, this is another thing. We we regularly post things from other churches as well. We're not. It's not just about us. We are trying to raise awareness for all the things, all the good things that are happening in other churches across Littlehampton, Aaron, over to Worthing as well. So, but if you see something, even if you just think, "Oh, that's nice," like it. Share it, because it means that someone in your friendship group on Facebook might see it and go, huh, I didn't know they were Christian, or, oh, that's interesting. I've seen a few of those things from other people now. I've, I've kind of heard about this. This looks interesting. Yeah. I think, I think it does. Okay, so, uh, so if, if you want to help get the message out, if you want to share the gospel, this is the easiest way we've ever had in hundreds and hundreds of years of sharing the message of Jesus. Click a like, click a share if you're on social media. If you're not on social media, then that's why we produce flyers and information, and that's why we send you an email every week. For those things, share things with people. We've got unparalleled access to thousands of people through the network of, of, of you guys, and we've never had this opportunity before. So it's a really, really important thing. And Luke's... Luke's role, a lot of Luke's role, is to get the message out to help people share the good news of Jesus. And especially this week, in the Holy Week, as we lead up to uh, Good Friday and Easter, please get out there, share things, tell people about the good news, because there's no other opportunity. I think it's, you know, not everyone is super confident to go out into the streets or into anywhere and just chat to people about Jesus. There are some people that are absolutely amazing at it, and they'll just turn up and they'll just talk to you. I mean, Flix was in town the other day. And started chatting with the shoeshine guy, Dave. And um, they just started having a conversation about God and Dave's thoughts on God. And you just think, that's amazing. I think a lot of people would have probably shied away at that point and thought, ooh, I don't really know what to say here. But social media is great because you, don't, you can just put something out and just say, this is what I think. Okay, so the message is actually, whether it's with Shoeshine Dave, or uh, face-to-face, or whether it's by flyers and leaflets, or whether it's by clicking and liking and sharing online, please, let's share the gospel. Don't be afraid. We, ha- we have the good news. We have the, the life-changing, radical, world-changing news of Jesus. And in this week particularly, as we lead up to Easter, let's share that message. Yeah. yeah. Brilliant. Thank you, Luke, for nice. sharing it. So thank you for your personal story. It's fine.
It's great to have you and Nell and Arlo as part of this church. <laughs>